Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Independence Coronavirus Podcast. I'm Christian Broughton, editor of The Independence, and this is the second episode in this new series. So I want to start by explaining a little bit about why we started a podcast. First, extraordinary times call for change. Breaking news is, of course, very important, as is in-depth reporting and analysis, and you can find huge amounts of all of that on our website, independent.co.uk, and in our daily edition. There's also a new email newsletter you can sign up to if you want the latest news and advice delivered daily. But there's also need for something else. All those headlines can feel quite overwhelming. So we want to get behind the headlines in this podcast and put you in conversation with the journalists who are working like never before to bring some clarity to these deeply uncertain times. So we're trying to avoid too much breaking news in this discussion and instead unpick some of the key themes. We started the series with a discussion about the economy. And today we're focusing on a different issue, one that has prompted a huge number of you to contact us with questions. And that issue is travel. With us, I'm delighted to say, is Simon Calder. Hello, Simon. Yes, hello, Christian. And of course, um, in these uh, troubled times, we are socially distancing by some many miles, I must say. Um, we are indeed. Own, own little spaces, yes. Um, and uh, I must say how embarrassing it is to be your travel correspondent when I can't actually travel. Um, well, but uh, that's, There uh, is I'm, an irony I'm, to this call, which is worth sharing with our readers. <laughs> Um, you are usually the uh, least seen person in our office because uh, <laughs> part of your job is to travel. Um, and now you are the only person in our office. Our office um, is currently shuttered other than one S. Calder who has uh, turned up to use the sound recording facilities. Um, so thank you very much for doing that. The rest of us are all working remotely. Um, before we dive into the discussion, I just wanted to um, put out a reminder uh, that people can get in touch with us um, at the podcast team here um, to ask us questions or to suggest future subjects for discussion. So please do email the coronavirus podcast at independent.co.uk. Alternatively, you can use the social media hashtag indie coronavirus podcast. That's indie with a Y coronavirus podcast. So if you use that on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, we will find your post. Um, or you can reach out to me. I am at Christian underscore B. We would very much love to hear from you. Simon, you've had an extraordinary career at The Independent as our travel <laughs> editor. For, uh, how long have you been our travel correspondent? Uh, just coming out for 26 years, Your Honour. Uh, yes, um, 1994. Have you ever seen a disruption quite like this? No, um, I was uh, talking earlier today with uh, 
very senior airline official in one of the uh, big global airlines, which of course have been traumatized by this. He characterized it as 9-11 plus the financial crash with a sprinkling of volcanic ash on top. Um, I actually had to say to him, I think it's much, much worse than that. Uh, to see the, the world travel and tourism system completely grinding to a halt um, not just a corner of the world like northern europe volcano goes off right we're all all out of action for a week no flying anywhere not a huge slump in the number of uh, particularly business class passengers that we saw after the financial crash um, and of course in the wake of the terrible terrorist atrocities of 9-11 there was a very sharp downturn particularly in business travel but that was relatively localized and um, certainly North America, Europe badly affected, but actually the rest of the world carried on traveling. And um, it was subsequently, and I thought distastefully described to me as, um, uh, and, and we may hear more of those sorts of comments from people in the industry uh, later on, uh, described as a blip, um, clearly a terrible, terrible atrocity, but um, uh, from the hard-nosed commercial point of view of the travel industry, it wasn't too bad. This is very, very bad. Um, and it goes all the way from the uh, owner of that lovely B&B um, uh, &B that you stayed in last summer um, through to the uh, people working in strange parts of the world who are absolutely dependent on tourism. And of course, um, well, interestingly, um, just a few minutes ago, I finished a conference call with the International Air Transport Association. They said within Europe alone, 12 million jobs are directly um, tied up with air travel. And wow. um, so it's, you know, and those people, all 12 million of them are facing an uncertain future. Well, we've had... Um a huge number of questions coming from readers. Um, you always get a lot of questions coming from readers um, answering travel problems. The main thrust of those seems to be about, and um, possibly kind of a, a simple place to start our discussion in a way, is um, to talk about refunds and the, yeah. the, the systems of refunds that have been set up, whether people have full right to cancel, whether they're gonna get their money back, whether they should ask for a refund or whether they should ask for um, uh, their trip to be put on hold until the world has returned to something resembling normality. Um, what's, the, what's the situation like out there? Is there any clarity? Uh, well, there's clarity, whether it, well, <laughs> where to begin? Look, um, clearly there will be people listening to this all across the globe. Um, the most clarity, it must be said, is for people in Europe, which is the European Union and the UK, which is still functioning as though it were a member. And it's blatantly simple, the rules. Um, if you've booked a holiday and that can't go ahead because of the uh, coronavirus crisis, you get a full refund within two weeks. You book a flight, that doesn't go for um, the reasons of the coronavirus, largely to do with airlines, uh, with, with individual countries shutting their skies completely against the advice of the World Health Organization. Anyway, whatever the course, you get a refund after a week. Um, very different rules in, in North America, in Australasia and so on. Um, but the airlines are riding pretty roughshod over that. Um, shortly before uh, I started talking to you, Emirates, the biggest carrier of intercontinental passengers in the world, um, which found itself shut down on Wednesday completely because the UAE government decided to close its skies. Um, 
it said, yep, what we're going to do, we're not going to give you a refund. We're going to give you a credit note. And um, if at the end of a year you, um, you haven't traveled with us, then you'll be able to uh, uh, get your money back. But meanwhile, you, know, you can swap it for another flight later in the year or do, effectively do what you like, but you're not actually getting any hard cash back until um, you, we, we decide that, you, uh, you know, that we're ready to give it back to you. That is absolutely against the, uh, the, the um, regulations as they stand, but many airlines, including United of the uh, USA, are taking a similar stand and basically saying to the, uh, uh, to, to the governments, um, right, well, come and, um, come and get us if you, if you haven't, uh, uh, you know, if you don't like what we're doing, well, you can force us, but then we're going to close down. Um, so, so it's very, very messy. Um, and, and that's if uh, that's assuming that people can get through to their airline in the first place. Oh, oh yes. I noticed and, and you've, that, um, you've, you've sent me over some messages that you've been receiving from some readers. Yeah. Um, one of whom, we better not mention the airline because I don't think we've had a chance to check this one out yet, but um, the, the, uh, our, our reader says that as soon as you get through and state that you want a refund, um, the, the, the person on the other end of the phone hangs up. Um, <laughs> yes. It seems that, I mean, A, getting through and actually getting your call answered at a time of overwhelming demand, and we have to have some sympathy for the, for the companies on the other end of the phone. Yes. I mean, they're clearly not going to have been set up to deal with a flood of calls quite like this and they're probably also having their own staffing problems just as every other company um, around the world is having at the moment with getting their people to the call centers to answer the questions but it seems like there, there might actually be some deliberate obfuscation here. Oh well undoubtedly yes and there are there are two very very large and significant airlines who are saying um, of course, we had, we observed the European passenger rights rules, and of course, anybody whose flight is cancelled by us gets a full refund. Um, and in you know, if you go back two months, if one of those airlines cancelled your flight, it was the work of about two minutes to go online and get a cash refund. That has now been blocked, and um, certainly, and I have checked this out, and I've discussed it at length with British Airways. Um, they have decided that they are they have removed the let's get a free refund, uh, let's get a full refund immediately button. They say you've got to phone up. I say, but hang on, that's ridiculous because you're telling people only phone up if it's within 72 hours and even when i do phone up i get cut off and then i get referred to another number and that cuts me off as well um and uh, at which point they go a bit quiet but it most certainly suits airlines to keep it in the business to keep the money in the brand rather than handing it back and i must say i'm seeing a great deal of examples of whether by subterfuge by accident or um by brazenly disregarding the rules and um, that's happening a lot i have great sympathy with the travel industry i mean we've gone in two months from absolutely here in the uk having the most flourishing aviation and travel market in the world to having an industry which is basically on life support and how long uh, is this is this industry on pause for now I, we, <sighs> we know that for the, no one's no one's imagining that we're going to be jumping on planes in the next week or so so i can imagine that anybody with a with a holiday in the next say three months uh, we are recording this on the on the 26th of March, we should say, just in case people are downloading yeah. it later. But, um, uh, you know, no one's going to be expecting to travel. Everyone is going to be asking for a oh. refund for those kind of spring breaks. What about for something getting on into summer? Are people cancelling yeah. their holidays already? Uh, look, it depends who you talk to. And it also depends on your own sense. And it's a great question, Christian. But I, 
I am endlessly optimistic, of course, because uh, travel is the industry of human happiness and whatever happens, everybody keeps keeps looking cheerful, looking ahead, looking towards the horizon and then a bit beyond. Um, I think we're going to be a bit surprised just as we were utterly startled by the speed with which, um, you know, something which we read about that was happening in a city we'd never heard of in China with the greatest respect of the fine metropolis of Wuhan. Um, and when we saw the pictures of a, a cruise ship, and that was 6,000 miles away as well, and those poor people, and suddenly we are now catapulted into uh, a lockdown. Um, that's all happened very quickly, and I think it might start unhappening quite quickly as well, particularly when, uh, in, in terms of aviation, um, we've already seen uh, things starting up, actually, in China. We have seen um, uh, the uh, Gulf-based airline Qatar Airways, partly because it wants to get one over Emirates, um, saying, um, hey, we're going to have a, um, uh, we're going to step up the number of services we have to and from Australia. Um, and we've had plucky South End Airport, uh, this I picked up on the uh, uh, independent um, coronavirus live blog um, saying, well, we are going to not quite shut down in the way that London City Airport has done, but we're going to be open for three afternoons a week and you can go anywhere you want to do as long as it's Bucharest, Aberdeen or City of Derry. And isn't that nice? So I, th I think things will pick up. Avi uh, aviation uh, clearly powers the modern world. And I think individual countries, particularly those which are aviation dependent, like the UAE, like Singapore, like Hong Kong, obviously that's a special administrative region, not a country, will think, hang on, so we're banning people from flying through here. We depend on them for tourism and for keeping our airlines going. And we're doing this because we want to stop the spread of coronavirus. But the World Health Organization already says, if you've already got local transmission, it's too late. Well, I'll tell you what, should we open things up again? And I think, um, and, and bear in mind, um, this is, a, this is a, a nuance that I bear with me if you're listening to this in Washington, D.C. or Los Angeles. But the British ban on people going abroad, which unlike some US State Department bans, isn't a ban, it's a vice, was brought in not because the Prime Minister didn't want you, Christian, to go to Calais and meet a, a French person with coronavirus and bring it back. It was entirely because the government was worried, quite rightly as it turned out, that um, uh, you might get stuck behind some flight uh, uh, close downs. And so uh, yeah, the, the UK is still very much among the uh, good guys and very much, um, I, I, I think, uh, you know, we will be absolutely at, 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 the, at the front when, when things start again. And already, I mean, Bucharest, lovely place to go. I wouldn't mind going there at all. Um, and um, I, I'm oh, clearly the second, uh, I, I give you my word on this, dear editor, the second that we're allowed to travel abroad, I will be first in the queue at Heathrow or Gatwick or Dover or wherever. So, or, so generally ooh. speaking, if you've got a trip planned in May, is that something you have the right to claim a refund for? Or do you have to wait until that specific flight has been cancelled? Oh, how, how far in the future are most flights being cancelled at the moment? Because of the way that the um, rules are structured in Europe, if your holiday is cancelled, then you automatically are entitled to a refund. Um, and that's, I mean, for instance, that... one, of the, one of the travel questions that you uh, sent over to me earlier that you have received from a reader is about a trip 
um, to ski ethos on the 5th of August. Um, yes. Oh, sure. That's way, 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 uh, way too early. Should we yeah. be worried about that stuff yet? No. People are worried about not. it, clearly. No. No, well, it's a special case of people worrying, um, which is that they have been told if they are, for instance, over 70, that they have to kind of really be very, very careful for a long time. And that, course, that's, that's yeah. worrying a lot of people. But honestly, Greek islands, August, um, my, I've got, I've got some advice. Um, it's going to be very hot. Wear a hat and get lots of sunscreen. Honestly, um, that, I, I think that is going to be the main problem for people. There will be okay. a great deal of timidity. So, Maybe we're going into how travel will be. But um, no, if you've got a, a summer holiday book, I would, I would look forward to it. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. So while... Uh springtime easter getaway is more than likely not going to happen clearly you're not worried too much about mass cancellations running through the peak of summer oh well i uh, there's a combination of mass cancellations which is people who have been profoundly unnerved by all this and they've heard stories about you know somebody's cousin or um uh, being stuck in new zealand or um you know somebody who needed to get back from peru to see their their ill mother and that that has really really shocked people and really uh, much more than volcanic ash where you had similar stories but over a much more concentrated mm. time span so there will be less people wanting to go there are quite a lot of people actually cancelling or not going ahead and paying the balance of their holiday um and you've also not had holiday companies able to sell anything normally they would be thinking you know if you're a big holiday company well we're going to sell a thousand holidays a day during march well they've been selling no holidays a day uh so so uh, europe is going to feel emptier i mean you're crikey you and i were having discussions actually uh, back end of 2019 about over tourism and what could be done and uh, the the green agenda and so on all of that Absolutely, has gone yeah. um uh, got gone uh, out of the window and so now do you we see are... this is working against that's an interesting point that you raised there actually because we, we were we were having um to let the the readers in for a moment we were <laughs> and the, the listeners i should say now uh, let them in a bit we were having quite a lot of discussions about um weather and how far and how quickly the tourism industry um can get on board with yeah the, climate agenda the yes. uh, you know the, the the great majority of our readers tell us that they 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 rate as the the, the top priority um yeah and we were talking about various measures that can be put in place the expansion of of, of land-based travel rather than flying the difficulty in greening the aviation industry um and there has been some talk about whether out of such a, an epic moment of disruption change can happen because if everything's um, if everything's kind of wiped clean um, yes. by uh, this particular uh, crisis, 
that um, when you're rebuilding an industry, why why rebuild it on the same lines as the as as the, as, as, as previously existed? But do you actually yeah. think that's been that's been set back quite a lot? Well, no, nobody has had that that profound discussion yet, and it would be great one to, to, for, for our listeners, for our readers to to contribute to. I'd really be interested in getting some thoughts about yeah, exactly as you say, how do we redesign the travel industry to be kinder to the world and more rewarding to travellers and host communities? That's a really important issue to be tackled. But can I ask you something uh, yeah. about one other thing as well? Um, we, you've made it very clear for us. Thanks for thanks for clarifying the consumer rights. I suppose the position that we're saying to people then, if they want to get their refund and they're finding it difficult, is to hang on in there because fundamentally the law is on your side. So yes, um, it may be difficult to get uh, your refund immediately out of your airline or of your of your tour operator, but that hopefully um, things should be clarified uh, soon. Um, what about whether you should? enforce the 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 full letter of the law in this i mean for instance from my mm. point of view i had a break coming up in in um in easter um my accommodation was booked directly with um the person who owns the apartment that i was going to be staying in and they're not part mm. of a big um platform and it wasn't on a big underwritten um part of a big underwritten company um it is just a, a guy that i happened to be in contact with and made a personal arrangement and i didn't really want to ask for that mm. um refund to be honest because i was just suddenly aware of of this guy who must be losing his entire annual income from what must yes be of course business. yeah um if you can uh persuade someone to give you a credit for the future is that is that wise advice i didn't know it felt like no. the right thing to do but i didn't know if i was actually exposing myself to risk as i as i did this uh, no, it is exactly the right thing to do. And that the travel industry is trying to get some guarantees, which wouldn't apply in your case, but that's really a person to person transaction. But if I book a holiday with a company that I know and like, um, and they say, well, yeah, we understand that you're entitled to your money back, but we really like to kind of you, you give us a break, give us a voucher, give you a voucher valid for a year. And then at the end of that, if you haven't spent it with us, we'll give you the cash back. That's a perfectly good arrangement. Um, and it's it's, in, it's all all of our interest to have uh, oh, yeah. much of the right. travel industry still in place when we then yes when this oh, disaster oh, sure, yeah. clears and we suddenly want to jump um on a on a train or into a car or, or, or plane or whatever and and go somewhere yes we want those we want those industries to be um intact automatically as an effect of this is going to be that all those old gas guzzling 747s which British Airways and Virgin Atlantic have been flying around, they will undoubtedly end up in Victorville, California, where you can go and see them. Graveyard of dust. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and similarly, uh, I don't think anybody is going to be saying third runway at Heathrow for uh, probably another generation, which will kick it even further down the road. So, so there will be... Um, Do you think these airlines are going to come back smaller, only running their more cost-efficient and therefore less environmentally damaging um, planes? Do you think there are actually going to be specific planes retired because of all this? Well, actually, I suppose there's one counterintuitive thing, which is if the price of oil goes through the floor because of lack of demand, actually, there's something to be said for keeping these old gas guzzlers going because one of the main expenses is fuel. And if that's, that's uh, you know, a dollar well, a gallon, then, um, uh, then um, they, they will. But I think that's unlikely. I think they will use this to thin out their fleets um, and to prepare for a, 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 a gentler future. But 
there is an attitude I've detected in a lot of the people I've talked to in the industry who say, oh, yeah, well, you know, we've been through bad things. We're going to rebuild. Um, and they are, it's almost as though they're looking five years down the road and thinking, yep, we'll be back to the scale we were in 2019. And then we will begin this relentless 5% growth per year. And then everything will be all right again. Well, apart possibly from the planet. I don't think we will be in that territory. I think we may have seen uh, the close of 2019 the close of the era of hypermobility. Simon, thank you very much. Um, we did have one more question for you towards the end of the podcast, actually, which would be about repatriation. Um, we've been joined by Colin Drury. Hello, Colin. Hi, hello. You had um, an extraordinary story this week after we were contacted on social media by the friends of a couple who were stranded in Bolivia. Tell us about them. Yeah, so they were on a, um, a trip to the Salt Flats, very remote area of Bolivia, um, when the advice came through on Monday telling all Brits um, from Dominic Raab to uh, head home um, if they could. Um, they tried to uh, get to a city of a decent size with an airport, but it was actually um, ended up being a two-day um, trip from the Salt Flats. Um, to the nearest town, which itself doesn't have an airport, and then a, a one-day trip on a bus to Santa Cruz in Bolivia. Um, when they got there, um, all flights had been cancelled, um, and they've essentially been trying to get home ever since um, with no success. Varying, um, they've gone to the Brazil border. Brazil, I think, is one of the few countries, um, someone will correct me on this if I'm wrong, but it's one of the few countries where flights are pretty much still operating, I think, worldwide yep, from Brazil. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so they tried to get to the Brazilian border. There they were turned back um, because of coronavirus. So the land border appears to be shut, um, although officially I don't think that's, uh, that's correct, but guards were not letting anyone through. Um, they went, then went back to Santa Cruz, um, where the British Embassy told them the best thing to do would be to go to... Um, what's the Bolivian administrative capital, a city called La Paz, um, not because there were any flights going from La Paz, but because if a rescue flight of any kind was organised, that, uh, that would be where it would go from. So they've been in La Paz since Sunday, I think it is. Um, there are now curfews in Bolivia. You're not allowed out of your um, homes from any time after midday. Uh, between eight and midday, you are allowed out of your home but uh, just as one person and you've got to be going for essential supplies. Um, and, and they are, as far as we know, still trying to make their way home to, to the UK, aren't they? Yeah, so absolutely. Molly, Molly Holmes and Harry Guy Waters. We yeah. Say. Um, yeah. You, have a, you have a recording of some of the conversation that you, um, that you, you, you managed to, to grab with Harry. Uh, we can listen to some of that now. Um, the way I felt is abandoned. Um, and... I felt almost lied to in a weird way, in the sense that when I was on the phone to him in the border, uh, at the border, if they had just done as they had said they was going to do and put me through to someone who could help me, then I would have made my flight and I would have been home by now. But because instead of actually just standing up and saying, Eva, I can't help you right now, we're in talk to someone, you know what I mean? Like being really quite honest with what was happening. Instead, he just said, I'll put you on to someone else and then put me through to no one. Yeah, yeah. And, and what about, I mean, away from the border as well, Harry Molly, uh, now you're back in La Paz, um, just the delays and, and the sort of, uh, um, the fact that nothing's being done with regards to rescue flight, how do you feel about that? Again, let down, because whenever you're in England, you always feel that 
if you're ever in a foreign country, everyone's like, oh, it's okay. If anything goes wrong, just ring the embassy and they'll, they'll sort it right out. As if it's like a really like easy thing to do. And I've, I've found that the last few days, not only was it hard to get a phone number to actually get in contact with anyone, but since I have been in contact with someone, it, the, the, the updates are brief and they're not very... They're not personal. They don't fill you with a lot of confidence. It's all very, oh yeah, we're working really hard at the moment to try and to try and get you out. And it's like there's no like, oh yeah, I'm speaking to this person about this, and there'll be a flight with this company looking like in the next week um, or two weeks or a month. There's no kind of like certainty about anything. It's all very wishy washy. So Simon, that's a tale of uh, Harry oh. Guy Waters and yeah. Molly Holmes, and we're going to be following, hopefully, following their progress home. Um, yeah. as try to, to come back. How many? How many people? Um, how many people are aware that we have uh, listeners from other countries as well? But just to be very British for a moment, how many? How many? How many British travel makers are uh, holiday makers are stuck abroad at the moment? Do we think? Uh, it's fifty thousand. I, I I calculate, but coming down. Really interesting. Um, you recall that uh, uh, Dominic Raab, the foreign secretary, in front of the Foreign Affairs Committee, said that he didn't know, and it was somewhere between three hundred thousand and one million people abroad. So I actually had to share with the Foreign Office. Look, guys, I've done the working. Here's my you know, calculations based on the uh, pattern of flight pattern of travel at this time of year where people are and it's somewhere between 500 and 600,000 so uh, that has been coming down steadily obviously helped by the fact that nobody's actually going out but we're still um, around about 50,000 and they're in interesting clumps so some people have arrived back from Peru where there were slightly over a thousand people Um, you've got some really really stressful cases elsewhere in latin america because uh the couple we were hearing from they're in the wrong country you know if they were in peru they would be rescued but yeah uh, you're in bolivia um fend for yourselves um and is that and the, is that the, is that what the foreign office is saying are there some people no. at the foreign office is just saying we no, can't uh, help you or is there a, no is no there no it, it, it's it's back? honestly this is the power of social media the people in in Peru, and look, my heart goes out to everybody who's stranded and scared and confused and running out of money and being oppressed by their local police in parts of the world. But the people in Peru really got their media act together and they persuaded the foreign office to say, not just we'll send a plane and get the worst cases out, they said we'll send at least three planes. Um, whereas people in Cambodia, in the Philippines, in Laos, in Australia and New Zealand haven't had that uh, good fortune. One, one good thing which has happened, which is actually in terms of numbers going to get the, have the biggest impact, and that's just um, Qatar Airways, uh, who I mentioned earlier, making hay while uh, the Emirates sun doesn't shine. Um, they've actually stepped up their, their, their flights, as I mentioned, and that will get quite a lot of people back. But when you've got big hubs like Singapore saying, nope, we, we don't want anybody... Um, coming through here that really messes everything up and so it will take time there are already people who just say right i've you know written off the next month i'm going to stay here i'm relatively safe and there's others saying help 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 what can i do and my answer to them is talk to your mp or get somebody at home to do that because that is having watched the whole debate one afternoon in the commons that's that's how it works you have to get your mp to send they've got a special email address not quite a magic bullet but um the closest you'll get in whitehall um which gets their constituents kind of moved higher up on the list it's a it's a pretty feral system i must say as well as getting in touch with your mp if you get in touch with a journalist near you maybe we can um, <laughs> help to highlight some cases yes, of people that I'm, need some help 
I mean, honestly, we are at the independent kind of running a, a travel surgery 24 hours a day, trying to help people individually, but uh, lots of stuff online for most people. It's, it's the, as with any, anything, any emergency, we're trying to help the most, uh, most uh, affected uh, first. Yes. Meanwhile, Simon, I, know that, I, know, I know Simon that you put great effort into um, your bespoke uh, responses to people's individual inquiries, as well as the more, more overall generic advice and we're running some uh live q a's where you can contact us yes we, we, absolutely we promote those both on the on the website itself on the travel section itself and also on social media so watch out for those because it's a great opportunity for you to uh ask simon uh what you can do whether you're trying to um repatriate loved ones or just know how you should be uh, going about claiming a refund Simon, Colin, thank you very, very much for your time. I understand how busy it is at the moment. So it's fantastic that you've uh, been able to join the podcast. Uh, we will be bringing you further episodes um, as the weeks roll on. We're trying to bring you a new podcast episode most days. Um, so please do bear with us. If you click subscribe on your podcast provider um, you will be alerted when there are new episodes so please do that and a reminder of how to get in touch with us you can email us at um, the coronavirus podcast at independent.co.uk you can use the hashtag indie with a y coronavirus podcast or you can reach me on twitter i am at christian underscore b thank you very much for listening